Hello and welcome back to Bulgaria Now podcast. My name is Lance Nelson and a very warm welcome. We've had a little bit of delay in doing our podcast, but we're back for the season with a very special show with Ewan Henderson of the Lost Whiskey Company. Hi, Ewan, how are you doing? Hi, very good. Thank you very much. And a glass of whiskey has in his hand (laughs) and a big cheers. And before we start talking about the topic of our show, which is the science of whiskey, I'm just going to rather topically thank today's sponsor, which is the Irish Harp in Bansko. Thank you, Brian, for sponsoring the show. 140 plus whiskies, can you believe, for sale in little old Bansko in Bulgaria here, a great ski resort. Go to BanskoBlog.com for more on that. And thank you, Brian, so much for sponsoring today's show. A great whiskey lover. And I've bought you a bottle for you to taste. Okay, so we're here with you. We're at the Sofia Science Park having a discussion. We've just finished a presentation all about the science of whiskey. But before that, a little bit about your background. Introduce yourself to listeners about yourself and how you got involved in this wonderful project. First of all, uh, being Scottish, uh, I came to whiskey very early when I was young um, as part of family tradition. But uh, I travelled the world uh, when I was younger, backpacking, and uh, found myself uh, uh, learning about hospitality, training in um, Europe and um, all aspects of uh, hospitality with um, restaurants and bars. And then I come home to Scotland and set up a restaurant and then a delicatessen. And uh, finally, my third business was uh, events company and specialising in the science, multi-sensory science and food experiences that I was inspired by uh, the wonderful chefs in the world uh, that do the molecular cuisine, all the fancy stuff with dry ice and things like that. So this really was uh, fascinating to me and uh, I wanted to do more things on that. So um, this uh, finally took me to the Lost Cecilia Company last summer uh, when they uh, came to seek me out when I was speaking in events across across the world uh, from Hong Kong and South Africa, uh, Europe and uh, in England and Scotland as well. Awesome. So we've got the Heston Blumenthal of whiskey with <laughs> us. Uh, I mean, it, it, is, it is interesting though, bringing science both into food and into drinking, uh, drinking whiskey, I should say, here today. But I'm sure it could probably apply to uh, other sectors of the uh, beverage market. Yes. Okay. So just to outline, we're all very happy because we've had a wonderful presentation from you and We've been blindfolded, we've had music, we've had sandpaper, we've had silk. We've had a whole history of these lost distilleries. But I'm going to go straight to the end bit, really, was this sensory uh, test we did. We put a piece of paper in our mouth to see whether we could actually detect bitterness on that paper. And that was to detect whether we were super tasteless, is that right? Yes, it's um, it's a piece of paper that has a chemical PTC uh, and this is uh, like a gene test. Mm. So um, what I was trying to show was that uh, we have the tongue map that a lot of people think is how we taste is we have a map on our tongue, mm-hmm. but actually more up-to-date science is that uh, it's more to do with our genes. So why we like strong coffees or why we like tea or why we like certain foods and drinks can be down to our genes. 
and uh, this really opens out straight away the taste so 25% of the world's population are super tasters and this can affect uh, why we like certain whiskies uh, or whether we like uh, strong coffees or not uh, so it's very intriguing and a good fun <laughs> experiment for the audience it was great fun I was interested to find out that I am indeed a super taster <laughs> so I did detect that bitterness pretty quickly I probably had a slight delay before I it, it, it hit, hit really hit me but um, what does that mean for tasting? You mentioned coffee, for example, strong. Yes. Or what? What? How does that uh, affect one's taste? Well, we go through life uh, when we eat and we are drinking. We just really go through life uh, floating uh, by going to coffee shops and ordering food and drink throughout our life without really thinking about it. And this gives a bit more uh, specific de- definition to why that we like it and why we don't uh, order certain things. Uh, really, our uh, genes are making decisions. Our bodies are making decisions for us. Uh, and we are just uh, passengers along for the ride as it were you know <laughs> <laughs> okay because I, I i mean i have to, it's great to have you on because what you didn't know i'm i geek out on all these things be it coffee i grind my own beans be it beer ah, i love yes. craft beer and the different styles of beer and a big shout out to philip of beera here in sofia uh, for all his wonderful craft beers i think he's got over 200 there and i geek out about wine here in bulgaria of yes. course an indigenous product um an indigenous grape varieties rather and we've done some podcasts about that as well and I love the different flavours. I love variety in yes. what I have, both in, in the, the drinks and in the food. Yes. But I am not, I have to confess, a great whiskey connoisseur. It's not a drink I was really brought up on or understood. I'm just beginning to, thanks to Brian, I have to say, in Banska, because yeah. he's got all these different whiskies. And he's, um, this last season particularly, I had time to you know, start trying some of these things. And what we found was that it is not just about, possibly not just about the chemical compounds, but it's about the sensors that we... Well, we did a test, didn't we? Just explain yes. the test we did with sandpaper and silk. So uh, the sandpaper and silk is really getting to the fabric of flavour uh, is what I like to call somato sensation. So the science of touch and how that can affect uh, our taste. So yes, uh, people come to whiskey in different times in their life. Some people come young. Some people go straight into smoky whiskies. Some people start with fruity sherry whiskies and then change as they, as they develop. Uh, but um, uh, really, it uh, can be journey of taste same same with craft beer and the wines you mentioned uh, can really um, uh, change as you develop but uh, as far as the fabric's concerned it's a very specific test that was done in Oxford University and uh, a lot of the multi-sensory science we've been inspired by is now out there as publications and um, these pieces of uh, uh, science were done in scientific conditions so we touched uh, the fabric of the sandpaper first, uh, the roughness and then the silk and the taste of changes but for some people you would think psychologically you're going to feel the silk is going to be more smooth but when you go to different audiences in different cities in the world you'll be shocked and surprised how different people uh, uh, go to uh, sometimes the opposite of what they think they're going to they're going to taste you know really that's interesting i have to say maybe i'm quite typical here the silk did actually make the whiskey tastes smoother in my mouth yes. uh, so yeah, what to what to say it worked the music unfortunately i really ran out of whiskey uh, before yes. i could give that a proper <laughs> test now talking of running out of whiskey we need to now do a little taste and there's a lovely young lady taking a picture on her nikon camera hello thank you very much <laughs> what's your name 
Veselina, nice to meet you. Um, we're going to taste uh, a whiskey from the Lost Whiskey Company, Jericho. Oh, we haven't got any in. Um, I've got one here. Cheers. Slanjava. Okay. Nostrave so here in Bulgaria. So we nose the whiskey and uh, we feel that there's um, the rich fruit cakes that are classic in this sherry bomb. It's a mm. Jericho whiskey mm. uh, from Aberdeenshire. It's a style of whiskey that's different from the Speyside. It's big sherry bomb, but it has savoury notes. It's almost like leather in the nose. And then on the palate comes through the warm, sweet spices. Uh, so it's um, a beautiful, uh, big, big sherry bomb, we like to call it. Sherry bomb. I like this one. Jericho. Very long finish, complex on the nose. Now, the idea of the Lost Distillery Companies is really some research you've done on old distilleries that no longer exist, and you've tried to extrapolate some of the flavours that you think that they would be producing in modern times yes. had they not closed. Yes. How is that possible? The cynical yes. side of me says, look, come on, this is just a, <laughs> a bit of, you know, it's nice to have a bit of history and a bit of a spin, isn't it, Ewan? And come on, you, you can confess to me, this, this well, is a bit... Um, this well, is really a labour of love because okay. it was really driven by the fact that Scotch whisky, uh, the big companies have really covered a lot of the history, uh, covered it over so that, um, uh, you know, these distilleries were lost, but for some reason uh, they shouldn't have been lost and they had different flavour profiles. So the Jericho we just tasted there, 1822, William Smith, a religious farmer, he was an early adopter of sherry casks. We're talking long before uh, the big companies now talk about being pioneers of sherry casks uh, and even the single malts. They were making aged sherry casks, single malts, long before Glenfiddich but they never got the recognition. So what we were looking at is, with the archive work from the University of Glasgow, we are looking at the research, and it's a labour of love. It's not to do a massive commercial operation. This is about bringing the story back to life that should have been out there still today. Because the Scotch marketeers really got there first, didn't they, <laughs> on this story? Yes. And, and you're redressing the balance yes, there somewhat. Exactly. These, these whiskies have been winning awards in international competitions, haven't yes, they? Yes, uh, this uh, even Jericho there, 92 points in the US uh, for the uh, wine enthusiast. We also uh, we'd win Scotch Whiskey Masters Award for our smoky whiskey, Lawsuit. Towie Moore uh, was a Gold Award International Wines and Spirits in Hong Kong and Asia. So we have all the, all the different distilleries have been um, winning awards uh, in recent years, so it's very exciting times for us. Very exciting. So tell me, where do we go from here? Can you increase production? Are you finding other lost distilleries that um, you can recreate some of the flavours and get that history into the market? What's the future plans? Well, the future is that we have the classic range, the archivist and the vintage, the classic range. uh, We have created uh, a profile that has scalable so we're growing we're actually now in up to 50 markets now so we're in the US and Asia now and uh, here in Bulgaria and uh, it's growing and growing here the um, profile that we have we've managed to secure the stocks for these we're just about to launch uh, uh, 
a new one as well from Campbelltown, which has taken a year to bring to life. So we have this as the future. And also the archivist expressions have been fully completed as well. So they will be coming into market soon in Bulgaria. So these are the older versions of these expressions, which are incredible liquids. What you're producing, it seems to me, is whiskey that hasn't really taste that hadn't always been fully explored in, in, in the, some of the brands and some of the producers and some of the bottlers of course because you've got yes you've got people taking uh and this knowledge came from brian thank you today <laughs> uh, apparently there's bottling companies that are now taking various little bits from uh, very yes. small samples and blending them together now yes. as the whole craft side of whiskey is, is Yes, exploded. well this is the innovative side of Scotch whiskey. I said to the audience earlier, it's very difficult uh, with uh, Scotch whiskey to be highly creative. There's certain regulations that we have to stay within, uh, the laws that we have of Scotch. So this is our extent of being innovative, you know. Why traditionally, at any rate, was the no whiskey being produced in England? Was it because we didn't have the barley or was it regulatory control? Um, why, why is that? Well, in England actually preferred historically uh, brandy uh, and uh, it was the Philoxford disease in the 1880s that changed things uh, for the um, Scotch whisky. So then uh, it came down to the market in London and London society started enjoying uh, Scotch in a highball with soda. But um, yeah, we, we see that the history of uh, England being known more for the gin and quite London centric with London dry styles and Plymouth gins. Uh, obviously that's all changed now with the craft distilling is all over uh, England now uh, but um, yeah it's, uh, Scotch seemed to kind of uh, corner that market quite well for a long time. They did didn't they? <laughs> of course Wales has uh, yes, come into the play I think perhaps more in recent times and um, for those who are a little bit ignorant about whiskey like myself can you explain the difference between the main whiskey, you know, the single, the double, the triples distilled. I yes. think triple is Irish whiskey, is it yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- yeah bourbon yeah. is single. Yes, uh, so a single uh, malt Scotch whiskey is from one distillery. Uh, it can still have um, the casks been uh, blended together, but it's only from one distillery to source. Uh, single malt uh, from barley. And then you can have blended whiskey, which is a mix of grain and uh, the single malt. Higher percentage of the grain depending on the, uh, the 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 style of blended whiskey and we are in the category of blended malt blended malt is only single malt scotch whiskey but uh, from different distilleries so we have about 5 to 15 and it's done deliberately because it gives us more flexibility to create that profile that we're looking from these past distilleries very hard to do that from one single distillery's uh, uh, profile so uh, that's why we choose the blended malt uh, category for that. Uh, as far as uh, you say triple distilled, there are some Scotch whiskies triple distilled and uh, uh, but uh, predominantly d- double distilled for uh, single malt Scotch and uh, in Ireland is famous for being triple distilled. Gosh, there's so much to learn, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but people, but it is about, like it, most things in life, it's finding the right thing for you at, at one particular time. And, you know, where... Where should people start on their whiskey journey if they're not already knowing 
the style that they like where where, where would you recommend Do, what, what types should they try well the this is you know the enduring question that might be asked uh, all over the world to be honest uh, as far as scotch whiskey is concerned uh, the we have a range here of the lost distillery where every liquid is different so this isn't like a uh, single malt where is an older version of one expression this is different liquids so you have a full chocolate box of scotch to try so you can start uh, with one style the lighter styles we have the scale and then we go up to the smoky style some people go directly into smoky whiskies that draws them in for scotch they like the smoky and then other people they don't they go for the lighter and then they maybe work up to the smoky styles so it's really down to a uh, personal preference but also when you're drinking whiskey it can be with friends so your friends can go try this one or try that one and you know you might uh, find your way through uh, the styles so uh, I mean it's really down to the palate whether you like a sweeter style you prefer a smoky style and um, a dry style and these are um, you know really through the exploring and the fun of enjoying whiskey you know yeah absolutely the other bit that really caught my mind uh, imagination I, I love the slight geography lesson or geology lesson yes. you gave us uh, obviously with wine we use the the term terroir yeah. and of course the terroir in northern Scotland where the in the ice age the, mm. the, the sea was out, is on the land now and that's giving a a distinct character to the barley yes that's grown there which in turn is used to make the whiskey so it's the peat uh, that uh, makes a briny, salty land. Um, and uh, when we are uh, malting the barley uh, with the peaty elements to it, and it brings a salty edge to the whiskey we call coastal style. So quite often from the north, you have these kind of uh, highland parks, old Pulteney, Wolfburns, um, these kind of coastal styles. And that's where Gersten fell into that uh, profile. Uh, but it also had on the nose quite sweet with uh, caramel kind of toffee, hard candy nose. And that was because it was rum casks that was used. In the north of Scotland, 19th century, everything was done uh, through the seas. This was the super highways of the time, um, going 672 miles to London uh, before the railways was a big, big undertaking. So the seas were, were so that influenced what style of casks people had. Okay, there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, let's just have a sip of whiskey to give us a bit of inspiration. Cheers again. You've got the, I've, I've got the plastic glass. You've got the real one. That's fair. Um, Okay, this is your second visit to uh, Sofia, isn't yes. it? Yes. First time, what were you doing here? Similar? Uh, for the Sofia Whiskey Festival at uh, the end of last year. So uh, we had some fun experiences there and um, had a couple of masterclasses. Uh, and it was a fantastic festival. It really was great fun. It was very, very well attended as well, you know. Okay. So Scottish people are amongst the most widely travelled uh, <laughs> in the world. Scots people are everywhere, aren't they? But and I'm, I know you're well travelled, you, you, but um, what's your impressions of Sofia? So uh, this is your second trip now. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, you can say exactly what you want. By the way, We're, well, yeah. I've just uh, we've just been speaking a festival here, 
Uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but there's over maybe 300 people that came to this event, which shows uh, a great interest and thirst and curiosity for science and for whiskey. Uh, so for me, this is a very exciting market. Um, you know, there's uh, the festival we're at um, for the Sophia in the end of last year was very busy, a lot of interest in these old style whiskies, and they're very interested in new, something different from Scotch whiskey. So uh, we are guests at the very kind of exciting end of Scotch uh, where people uh, want to know more, are very curious um, in, in what we do and so um, this is a very fun place to come. Yes, I think I, th- I think it is a fun place. I mean, what uh, you know, what you said actually echoes other people who come here is that the there's, there's been a sea change really it, it, the, and I think this is my theory at any rate, so I'm probably wrong but many Bulgarians have done a lot more travelling now, of course, being ex-communist era you know that wasn't the case and they have now they're now wanting different things something different in loads of things be it food be it the wine be it the beers now we're beginning to get lots of micro breweries setting up and they want lots of different imported styles of different types of beers from lots of different countries and clearly that's you know now we're seeing it in in whiskey the desire to tr- have try different things yes. uh, and that's very exciting i think for particularly for a country that of course you know i'm going back quite a few years but th- there wasn't much choice even even just 10 years ago yes. uh, when i first came 10 11 years ago there was nothing in the shops hardly there was very little variety generally speaking yeah. you know and, and it, it's it's quite exciting isn't it to, yeah to it feels very young it feels very vibrant and uh, you know coming from scotland and uh, the uk in a mature market uh, sometimes uh, mature markets can be more cynical about things and uh, some of the um, the younger markets are more uh, curious and interesting uh, for uh, Scotch and for all these uh, uh, craft distillers and brewers and things because uh, they're open to the new ideas and uh, thirst, for, thirst for the knowledge as well so um, this makes it quite exciting uh, yeah. yeah very good so being a brand ambassador where, where are you off to next? Uh, well, Plod of the Whiskey Festival. Div, yes, Plod yes, of, sorry, yes, the Whiskey yes. Festival tomorrow for the weekend. So there's going to be a very exciting first time festival there. So uh, this is a new festival. You will meet Brian. There, yes. he's he's in he's he's in Plovdiv right now. I will tell him to make. I know he's going. Actually, he told me. Uh, Plovdiv is everybody, including mine, favourite Bulgarian city. You oh, know, so we love Plovdiv so much. Even though we're here in Sofia today, and I'm often. Um, well, and all winter in Bansko, as you know, on the ski yes. side. But uh, it's it's a great, great city, is Plovdiv. And do make sure you get out and enjoy everything yes. it has to offer. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, well, that's all I think we've got time for today. We'll continue uh, chatting and maybe... Have we got any more whiskey there? Is, is that a dead one? Oh, yeah. I think there's maybe enough of one. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, there's just a, a angel... What's it called? The, the angel bit share. Angel share. That's that was a not a virtual angel share. That was a real angel share. <laughs> uh, angel share is of course the evaporated um, yes. uh, amount. And I just wondered how much whiskey evaporates. You showed us a hundred-year-old bottle and it was half empty. Yes. Was well, that angel share or was it yeah, just? Well, uh, the angel share usually comes from the cask and it can be like two yes. percent. Uh, but uh, in Scotland, is fantastic uh, for people making whiskey because you lose so much less because of the climate. Uh, whereas if you were in a more tropical climate then you would lose a lot more like rum in the Caribbean so uh, with Scotch whiskey is a good place to make whiskey because you don't lose so much out the angel share angel share <laughs> only 2% <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm getting 
I'm, I'm not just making this up. I'm getting a real flavour of this Jericho. The one I bought for Brian. Hopefully Brian gets to see this soon. Uh, how do I say this? There's three ways of saying yes, his name, isn't there? Yes, we talked about this tonight. Ochnagi. So Ochnagi. Ochnagi. And then also other people locally can call it Ochnagi. And then if you're Doric, which is over northeast of Scotland in Aberdeenshire, some people call it Achnagi. So with Scotch names, we have fun. Uh, sometimes not so fun to try to say them. But um, Ochnagi, we say 1812, the same year, Napoleon marches to Moscow. Is much quieter time in Persia. They're making very good Scotch whisky in Scotland. Okay. It's much quieter. Ah, <laughs> yes, indeed. So the bottle I've got here is this what? is the, this is the Archivist series, uh, which is forty six percent non chill filter, and this is a beautiful expression of it's a Highland uh, malt profile. But uh, you'll find it actually, because of the style they made there in the area, just north of Dunkeld, south of uh, Pitlochry in the Atho Estate Hills, as you go drive up the A9 in Scotland today, you can actually see up in the hills of small farms, every small hamlet would have been distilling whiskey back then. And uh, uh, this is the older expression. So these are uh, whiskies that are about 15 to 18 year old profiles and uh, the beautiful, rich, smooth, complex uh, uh, whiskey in this Ochnaggy of the Highland. But it's almost like a lowland whiskey because uh, this was before the Scotch whiskey regions. They weren't behaving the way Scotch whiskey regions are, uh, as we know today. You and the passion that you describe that. I'm not sure Brian's going to see this bottle, actually. <laughs> certainly not full. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I'm going to thank... Uh, before I thank you, I just want to thank everyone here at the Science Festival. Um, Bulgaria now has been a, a media partner and the Sofia Globe. Uh, do check out sofiaglobe.com for more on the, uh, the Science Festival. But also, uh, you know, if you are in Bulgaria, it, try and get a trip to Bansko uh, over the winter uh, to go to the Irish Harp and taste... I'm hoping he will stock this. There's a distributor here in Bulgaria. Yes, Maxim. Okay. Maxim Bulgaria. Maxim Bulgaria are distributing. So I, I'm sure that um, Brian will have this one t uh, for sale along with a huge range of whiskies from around the world. Ewan, honestly, today was one of the most fun, fun uh, sessions I've had. Uh, really beat so many of the wine tastings I've had. I've learned <laughs> so much. Uh, thank you for being the guest on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Uh, ah, well, and, and let's continue drinking. Uh, and uh, thank you, dear listener. Sorry for the break in shows. Uh, stay with us. We've got more good stuff coming up. You have a good day. My name is Lance Nelson, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye for now.